This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala... Fuck. <laughs> oh, That's fine. <laughs> Keep rolling. Welcome <laughs> to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I am Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And we are in person. People will see on the internet probably don't know, but we yeah. are in person, although the audio quality will probably be worse, so maybe they will know. Yeah. <laughs> and if I am yelling profusely, is we are sharing a mic in person. It has been probably... Shit, at least eight months Probably, since we've done yeah. an in-person podcast. Yeah, it's been Definitely a while. before COVID, whole, all that started by, maybe even a little bit before that too, so. And on top of that, it is our 50th episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have, we are coming up on our, December 16th marks our social media anniversary. Uh, some fun facts nice. at the beginning of this episode, we, um... We have been working on the game. Technically, the studio was founded formally in March of 2018, but really work on the game started all the way at like the beginning of 2017 in some regards. Uh, we have been plowing away. We went live on Instagram and all the social media places in December of 2019, so over a year and a half after we actually started working on the game. And here we are. We are still working on the game. We've yeah. had two two alpha tests already. Two, yeah. Third one planned coming up soon. Yes. Anthony is lo- losing circulation in the leg that's crossed. It's really funny walking like this. For those who are listening in audio format, we are live on Twitch. We are live on Twitch every Monday around 8.30. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we are right now interacting with our chat live. So if you're wondering who we're talking to, that is who it is. They are wondering how I have such an impressive, you know, leg display going on like here. I'll be honest, sometimes, especially now in the winter, my tendons will kind of hurt after I do this for a while. But you're missing out if you're listening on audio format. This is quite the jam. If you want to be a beta tester for our game, just participate in the Discord. And at some point, hopefully, we'll have a way to give people access to beta testing the game. But the best way to do that, if you're going to want to do that, is to be a part of the Discord and be an active member of the Discord. Yes, we are Maximus. We are a small indie game studio. I'm ac- I'm actually always very proud when people are surprised by that because that is exactly what we're after. We're hoping yeah. to build a relationship with our community before the game actually comes out. Uh, that way it also, we think, increases our chances of survival. We, have, we put out some content around that. It's very hard to be an indie game in this in the current uh, indie studio in this current landscape and we uh actually the conversation we're going to have now in this episode of the podcast touches on uh some elements of that i would say some there there are pros and cons of being an indie developer of being a triple a developer one of definitely one of the cons of the indie scene is uh you probably won't sell many copies of your game (laughs) yeah all right so today we're going to talk about some crazy obscure ideas for games starting with one that Anthony sort of concocted the other day. Yes. So, do you want to share your idea? Yes, and I will do. I'll start this topic by answering also a question we're getting a lot on our Discord right now, especially after I just. I'm sorry, live a lot on our Twitch right now. 
what, everyone's asking, what kind of game are we making? I'll tell you right now. The topics we're going to talk about today, we're not making any of those. <laughs> That's all you get to know, though. That's all you get to know for, for now. We haven't said anything, and quite frank, we have not revealed the genre of our game yet. Again, if you want to know all the latest details on that, join our Discord. You can do that at koqualentertainment.com. Yep. You can find a link there or in the link tree in all our bios. Anyway, it's easy to do. And we'll be answering some more questions, Twitch, as we uh, finish up here on uh, your questions regarding the studio. Let's get rolling on this topic. So, so we have a uh, shout-out to a what has who has become a good friend of ours at this point, Will Waltz, <laughs> a, uh, anim- a professional animator right now actually working at 343 at, uh, on Twitter. He's, he's a really good... Really good human. That's the main thing you he's need a to cool know. Guy for sure. Yes, and he stands for lots of good things. Uh, on top of that, he's very talented. We stopped by in a few of his streams. He's way more talented than just a raw animator. He's like working on his own game on the side. And uh, one thing about Will is he's put out several several pieces of content on his Twitter uh, relating to like games that somehow leverage the blockchain and stuff like this, right? And the other day, okay, the reason why this is relevant is because um, the other day, Annapurna Interactive. Annapurna. Annapurna, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Interactive. Fleeted, which is the bullshit term for Twitter stories, okay? <laughs> Fle- put out a fleet uh, about d- how disappearing games are going to be taking over the scene in the future. The idea is a game that is only available for a limited amount of time, and then it goes away forever, Skyler. So, like a temporary game, basically. You play it, maybe you can play it for a while, maybe you can play it once, but then at some point, you just can't do it anymore. Right. So, recently, I know some people in the Discord have been talking about it. Markiplier, and I don't remember what's yeah, his I don't face. Know either, but they made the Anis Unis channel, or however you pronounce it. Yeah, they and made a channel that only lasted a year. Maybe our Twitch chat will help us out here. But I think it was they, it only lasted for a year, and then they deleted it. They uploaded it. a video every day for a year with the sole intention of deleting the channel after a year. Yeah. So this idea of disappearing games is actually similar to that in the idea that this game would only be available for a limited amount of time and it just goes away. Ethan, yeah, says Ethan, Jay Ethan and Merc- Markiplier. Okay. Um, but, so what's interesting is that this concept has actually already been done. And it was done by our revolutionary boy, Peter Molyneux. Um, he made a game called Curiosity, What's Inside the Cube. I believe it was in like 2014 or something. I'm not sure when it was. It was a mobile game where people would... You would just, like, tap on your screen trying to dig into the middle of this cube. And there was some gameplay. You could, like, buy upgrades and their stuff. But it was mostly about the efficiency of how you were, like, tapping these different areas to slowly break down these layers of this cube. There were, like, a ton of layers. Like, a million layers or some shit. But it was promised that whoever broke the final piece and found the center of the cube would get, like, a major reward. Some real-life prize. So... Interesting. Could and only one person play all, it at a time? No, every, it was all simultaneous multiplayer, but somehow it tracked and figured out who was like the one person who won. Interesting. And the, I think it lasted like six months or something, three to six months. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but some guy won, and what it turned out, his prize was to be able to like assist in the design and development of the next game of the studio. And he got to be like, it was this like 
God simulator, like like landscape civilization game, That's where you cool. like played as God, and he got to like be God, basically. I guess <laughs> was like what the reward was. Peter Molyneux is a fucking crackhead, dude. He is like he puts out such, and I mean that in a great way, okay? Because he puts out he has a Twitter account where he just basically up posts like crazy game ideas all the time. Yeah, it sounds like he actually went through with one of those. So. So, yeah, so that so that's cool because once that was done, no one else could play it ever again, right? Yeah, and I that that temporary concept is really interesting because that provides a lot of incentive for people to play, yeah. and it raises the stakes on like the time you spend playing the game significantly. Yeah, so if, I think first I'll talk about those two things you just like brought up, the, if you will, the positives of an of something like this. Yeah, like I also think from an indie studio perspective. Uh, a smaller studio perspective where you can't necessarily guarantee attention all the time. Like, you're in between maybe game releases. I think this could be a really interesting way to, like, pull, maintain engagement with the community and fans, right? Like, sure. Is to to do something like this. Create an experience that, that yeah, incentivizes people to jump in right now because it's, it's fleeting, whatever. I mean, and games do this all the time, right? With, like, pl- special playlists. Special, yeah. like, th- modes they right. release that are very temporary. Holiday-like modes, right? Right. 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 Yeah, it's, uh, but it's much more... Per- then the, uh, so that's the sort of negative. I, I don't know what I think about... Um, come, like, when you... For example, the Markiplier content. You find out about it. You might have found out, like, some cool things they did during that time frame or things that were interesting you want to check out, and then it's not available... Yeah, so that that concept is interesting, right? Because they, it's not like it's a game you can only play once, right? Right. It's an experience that's it's an experience that's occurring at a specific period of time. Once that time period is done, people who get on late do have no opportunity to have that experience. Right. And maybe that's a good thing, right? For some, in some ways, that's a good thing, like you were saying. But in some ways, it's bad for those latecomers. But for the people in the experience, it makes it really special, right? I remember there's that thing on Reddit with like pressing the button, and like people got put on different colored teams and could like draw shit. And there was all this like I don't even remember what it was but this was another temporary game experience that like i remember getting in on way too late and had no idea what was going on but everyone who participated was like so happy with this thing happening and loved the experience i think anyone who gets to play loves it and anyone who misses out is really mad right and so the thing that like my mind goes to immediately is like trying to draw a similarity for example between playing there there are moments in time for some games that are just even if you can play that game later, it's not the same as maybe the cultural and societal experience of playing it during a certain era. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. For example, the thing, I, the one I always think about is when Halo 2 came out, it came with Xbox Live, right? It was the big shit, right? However, as much as I played Halo 2 during that time frame or whatever, Xbox Live was something my dad didn't allow us to do back in the day. So I, I technically never really experienced that moment that that part of that experience in that way, right? With the kind of whole, everybody's playing it and everything like that. Um, and what's, how, you know, there's no way you can go back to that either. Like, th- that in itself is a kind of experience as well. You can maybe, you can obviously go back, like, for example, now, especially with Master Chief Collection, you can play the game, 
But you can't have that moment. You know what I right. mean? Right. Totally. And, and this is even more than that, right? Because you can't even play the game anymore, right? You can't yeah. even... You can't have the moment, but you also can't even have, like, a lesser experience, which is basically what you're describing, like, an option for a lesser experience. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I feel like uh, if, I, if I'm the studio, like, for example, if our studio ever did that, I would just feel so bad for people who found out subsequently and i don't know would i pull my punches on that right creatively I mean, so one thing that this has made me think about is a lot of the args i've participated in right this is a this is basically an arg right. is basically a disappearing game right right like a company releases clues you start cracking the clues if you're there when it's happening you're like in this community of people trying to figure it out once it's figured out it's done though right and there's it, it's nothing anymore yeah so like that is totally a disappearing game and people love those right people seek them out and I definitely like have looked back and been like, oh, this was an ARG. It would have been cool to have been able to participate in it. I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to. But like, I would rather that be the case than those not exist at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder if we'll ever see a big budget production do that. That and that's what's really interesting, yeah. right? Like it's it's one thing to make like a small experience. I mean curiosity was a bit pretty big commitment right Peter Molyneux has a lot of money but like it's not like fucking triple a studio made the last of us part two but you can only play it for a month (laughs) you know actually nintendo's mario all-star super whatever re-release of the old games may end up being an example of this Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, in a way, right? Obviously, you can play the old versions, but as but far as Nintendo just... announced, those games will no longer be sold after like May of 2021 or something. They, you stop yeah. being able to purchase them on the Switch, like, and that's a huge budget commitment. And it's yeah. so weird that they're doing that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think on the day that's what they'll announce like a different way to buy them or some shit, but. But that's the closest we've ever come, I think, to a AAA studio doing something like this. How to force our fans to make a lot of purchases during the quarter that we see a downturn in (laughs) revenue without uh, really pissing them? I mean, I don't know. But I mean, great. This isn't like catered to be a disappearing experience, right? We're talking about something that is designed to to disappear. And that sort of gets into the idea you shared with me, right, about a potential pass-off style, hot potato yeah. disappearing game. So getting back to Will Waltz, uh, mentioned, th- dropped his name at the beginning. We're going to have to shout We're going to have to tell him he's in this episode. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Will Waltz is awesome, dude. I wa- the few Twitch streams of his I've watched, I've loved talking to him. I've loved watching him. He's just a really cool person. Yeah, just following his feed on Twitter. Uh, he, yeah, he, like I said, he's also super talented. He posts a bunch of like interesting yeah. shit yep. uh, all the time. But anyway, what he is saying, what he was saying, was this this notion of potentially leveraging the blockchain to like tokenize. Or okay, this is what I was talking to him about um, to to tokenize the state of a game in such a way. Okay, so imagine this audience. Imagine you had a game where you bought the game, right? Will's idea, okay, first, Will's idea was that you could make a game that basically only one person at any given time could play in the world. Right. And then the next person could buy it, like, not necessarily, maybe from them. I don't remember that detail of his idea, but uh, from them or from the store, but one at a time and the, at a price they specified. 
So it wasn't even necessarily like a $20 game, $20 game. Interesting. It was basically like the first guy's like, I'll pay $3 for this game. The next person's like, I'll pay 75 you To know? be the next person who gets yes. to play. That's a, Okay, I didn't even know the details of this idea. That's so sick. That's so cool. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's sick because that the... Well, it's sick until some greedy fuck is like... Three thousand dollars. Well, well, <laughs> under this idea, that dude would do three thousand, but the next guy could do two. Like, yeah. Well, I understand that, but you, you know, feel bad. Well, <laughs> I I'm really against like uh, financial uh, acumen being a determiner for what people can have, what experiences. I don't like that, right? Well, but I don't like the fact that it creates a system where someone could basically take advantage. Of people to make to get money, right? Like, so are it's you a, saying because you think this would be an auction style thing? Because from my perspective, it sounded like it wasn't. I don't know how you would how you would choose the next person, right? Like, if it's a just like a queue where people would line up for right. it, and then I, I was just thinking it was just you, like first come first serve. Yeah, what I what I was thinking would be like a first come first serve, and when it gets to you in the queue, you determine whatever the fuck you want to pay. And you do it, and you get a play. The person buying the game determines it, not the person right. selling the game. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it was the person selling the game determined no, yeah, it, and sorry. I hated that. The guy, the guy who, who buys, the guy buys it, it is like, it. I'll pay, okay, I'll pay $10 for my turn at the experience. Yeah, not that, not auction. Yeah, right. no, this is sick. That's such a cool idea. I love it. Like, I would, I would want to try that for sure. Yeah, pay like you want. You know, what it reminds me of is, yeah, I because let me just finish that, that I agree, an auction-style game where somebody mm-hmm. could determine what they're selling it for is bullshit. Although it is, like, one thing that I kind of thought about is, like, drawing the similarity to an art piece. If somebody obtains an art piece, yeah, they it's kind of up to them what well, they sell it But that's it super bad. That's sad, in it my sucks. opinion. It sucks. Like, that's that's the shitty uh, capitalist system being shitty, in my opinion. People yeah, yeah. disagree, but like economically, I don't like that kind of. I, I also don't think I. Yeah, I don't think so too. Like I said, I don't. My vibe was that's not what Will was going for with that idea. It was that the person who buys it at any time? You know what? I don't know if they were the first people to do this, but I remember when I think I was in middle school, Radiohead okay. oh, released I, uh, an album. I, it was this. after In Rainbows, I think, but it was Pay What You Want. No, I think it was In Rainbows. Was it In Rainbows? I, thi- I can't remember, but I do know what you're talking about, that they released a Pay What You Want album. Yeah, so... Yeah. And I, I actually, there's uh, some uh, more obscure electronic artists I follow who release their music on Bandcamp, whose albums are always Pay What You Want. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I wonder what the financial circumstance, how that shakes out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think if Humble Bundle is any indication, it probably works pretty well. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting notion. But on top of that, so I threw him an additional wrinkle. So Will's idea was like one person at any given time can play the game. Right. And then the next person buys it at whatever price they and want. And continues playing. Yeah, and I think his notion was that the developer just got a... a consistent percentage of whatever those that amount would be right or, or whatever if if not the whole thing i'm assuming you get a chunk or whatever uh, with a publisher in there or something like that right um but what if what do you think about this what if you had a game that at any given time only one person could play but they could also only play it to a certain part in the game and then that game was Locked from them forevermore. Right. And the next person who picked it up started from there. Right. Yeah. It's right? like a 
and maybe if this is a narrative experience, I think I, there's a lot of ways this could pan out, but let's just imagine a narrative experience, right? Mm -hmm. The first person gets to play like the beginning of the experience, makes some decisions, but then it moves to the next person who gets to continue that narrative in their own way, I guess is how it would work. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. it reminds me of, like, Until Dawn and games made by that studio where those games are meant to be played, like, in a group. And when you get a dialogue option, they actually, in one of the games, implemented, like, a mobile app where when you get to a point in a dialogue option, people could vote on what dialogue option. Whoever and whichever option got the most votes in the group was the option that was chosen. So it's sort of like a group narrative, like, choosing, choose your own adventure in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is, like, how how does that first person experience, like, are we trying to make a game where this first person's experience is enough to for the value of the game? Like, that's the whole thing they experience? Or do we want them to, like, share their experiences so they can all experience the full game at some point? I don't know, right? Like, what is the point here? Yeah, I mean, this second idea is interesting to me because you basically are forced to beat the game as a community, right? Right. So, like... If you start screaming while the other crazy dude is talking, crazy raised boys with great ideas in the Twitch screen for how to enjoy it, just to jump in and insert here again, this is an epic in-person podcast, first one in several months if you're listening in audio format. We'll see how many we can pull off. Uh, Skyler's getting, you know, he's 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 clean. I'm clean. Maybe we can do some more. You what know? were you saying? <laughs> Get back what to I was, point. What I was going back to was like, imagine if like a streamer plays up to one point, right? Uh huh. I I don't know. Obviously, you can't guarantee who's the next person in the queue. Maybe there'd be a way to like relinquish your spot for somebody. So like theoretically, if you wanted to, right? Like you'd be like, oh shit. You know, PewDiePie just played the last level. I relinquished my spot so Mr. Beast can play. Well, it. we were talking to Josh on Discord about this, and he yeah. actually brought up a really interesting idea, which could be, and now I'm sort of evolving this idea in my head as we speak, but I think basically the devs could dedicate a Twitch channel to the game. Right. And then it would always be streaming the instance of the game that's happening, but it would each person would get to play it. That could be a way you could accomplish this. So everyone would watch the game together. It wouldn't real care it wouldn't matter who's playing it whether it's a streamer or whatever because everyone would have a place to be able to experience the game together. Yeah. No, that's an interesting. And then at the end, like you could also be I don't know, you could make it you could do a thing where it's, the community has to beat the game within a time frame. Yeah. Like the game so this is, is going very away. ARGS. Yes. Steam did an ARG a while ago, like summer potato sale or something, where at the end it like caused Portal Two to be released faster or some shit. Um, that, but like it was all time limit based, and the faster it was solved, the earlier Portal Two released and stuff. A game that's locked forever until someone picked it up is the Walking Dead Telltale game. I don't think so. This is like literally one person in the entire world, Sansquid. I think could, he was making a troll. Oh, okay. Could only uh, play this game. Um, so Yeah, this is reminding me of the most this reminds me of is ARGs, for sure. Yeah, I right? agree. The, like, the, it's like taking that concept and applying it to games, which is super interesting. I, I'm trying to think... It, it's like taking a special mode in Rocket League or a special hot, like event in a game and making that the entire game, right? Right. And I, it would be sick. That's it's cool. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I want to do it. I want to make one. Let's, uh, let's yeah, go. I don't know. I feel, like I said, I feel like it could be an interesting thing to do from an engagement perspective during a lull moment, you know, whatever. Like, it, it could help draw, like, keep the community alive 
uh, and interested. If you, especially if you if you know there's going to be some time between releases. I mean, it depends. That's that. Yeah, I mean, true. that's what people use ARGs for, right? Right. For marketing and this these interlude periods. It's very similar, right? Yep. 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 It's sort of just like a digital. I mean, but not necessarily. It would be the same as an ARG, right? An ARG is like a puzzle with a solution. This doesn't have to be that way, right? right. This could just be like a narrative experience. It could even be just like a mecha- game mechanics experience or something. Right. Right. Ooh, that's interesting. What if like there was like a multiplayer game? Yeah, uh, they only had like mechanics available for it. Right. It's like a turn-based multiplayer game, and each person takes a turn. But then like all like so one idea I had as a result of this idea is like instead of having one person able to play this game at a time, you have like different circles of people who the game like automatically randomly creates, and they play the game together in a cycle one at a time, but it's not just like one instance of the game happening, it's a bunch of instances happening in these like randomly determined groups, right? Then you could do something where like each person takes a turn and it goes back to the beginning and you do this in a cycle until your group beats the game, basically. Right, right, yep. Uh, And I mean, let's be honest, right? Like. A game like What Remains of Edith Finch and a lot of these like very narratively oriented games, Journey, mm-hmm. games like that are sort of like this in a very microcosmal way, right? Like that's like a game you're not really going to replay necessarily. Right. And so in a way it's a disappearing game, but it's not this time boxed disappearing game. Right. But again, it'd be like journey was so good oh my gosh blah 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 and then like you hear about it two years later and you're like oh you're like, i can't I play can't it can't play it right. yeah those experiences even more so would be more devastating to me like i don't know because those are it's like it, a narr- a single player narrative driven game is entirely self-contained right so you could technically experience the story later i mean i've played what remains of you finch three times to show it to two different people and right. i've experienced new things each you time can't, right? the example i gave earlier of like the multiplayer moments right in society like josh brought it up in chat as we were talking to like the hype that surrounds games or during, like an arg that comes right. at the release of a game or that, those moments pass right those moments pass the gameplay is still there per, perhaps in the the future you could technically even redo the puzzles of an totally, ARG. Totally, and they usually are released after so yeah. people can look at them or at least read like what happened. Just not the same as, yeah, finding them out while right. it's actually happening and blah, blah, blah. So, it's re- now let's just finish out with uh, one other interesting idea Yeah, that you said for the, the uh, indie game does the, what, was it one hour one line? Oh, yeah, I wanted to just mention it because I think that is like, as far as recent revolutionary game concepts Mm -hmm. that one is one of them and there's another game that's one that i literally can't remember the name of but it was a game where you like bet pennies and get randomly assigned people on the internet and you play for like pennies amounts of money that's funny it was very interesting it was like a competitive game regardless one hour one life is a really cool game we've talked about on the podcast before you can find previous content about it but basically the concept is you're born as a baby into like this mass mass multiplayer world And the world may be really developed, or you may be born in, like, the middle of nowhere. Who knows? But you're always born to a mother who's another real player. And then you age, and you do shit in the game. Like, initially, you can only, like, type one letter at a time. And as you age, your sentences that you can type become longer. Interesting. And, like, to simulate, like, you learning how to communicate. And, like, the mom, like, can teach you skills or whatever. Or But eventually, you'll know the skills. So when you come back later, you might know them already. And it's up to the mom. The mom could literally just, like, drop you on the ground and leave you. Because you have to... The mom has to, like, feed you. Like, breastfeed you 
for the for your initial life you can't forage food on your own Damn, so literally crazy. if you have a baby when you're like when you're at a mom level and you have a baby you can literally just decide to like walk away and it'll just die <laughs> and that's a real player who just dies um and they'll just start over as a new baby somewhere else it's very interesting. It's crazy. Have you ever it's, beat it? How do you beat that so game? So the reason it's called One Hour, One Life is because your life is one hour long max. It is the Like, you will die of old age after an hour. Guaranteed. Um... But so, is there is there a way to beat it? Are you just trying to like so build up society as much right, as possible? Yes, and there's like a ton of crafting and like advancement and like shit you can build. And so people, I don't know what it's like at this point, but I assume people have built like huge cities and shit. I think the servers like reset and blow everything uh, away every once in a while. But yeah, you can like build up like these huge communities, right? And stuff. And you hope, if you've like played the game a lot, you hope you're born into one of these communities. You don't want to be bored to like some mom wandering the it's fucking abandoned forest. It's interesting, yeah. Right? Cause because when the mom feeds the baby, it costs her food, like her energy, and she needs to find more food. So like it <laughs> to feed the baby, you have to be willing to like find food for yourself because you'll deteriorate faster if you're like taking care of a child. Yeah, what if you're born to a mom who just needs bait for fishing? <laughs> right. Yeah, and she right. Well, and there's like bears and shit too. Like, if a bear comes, <laughs> your mom gonna protect you. She can pick you up and run, but maybe not. Cobalt. It is a super cool idea. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's uh, called One Hour One Life. It's on Steam, and it's it's totally worth trying. It's such a unique gaming experience. I hope the player he still updates it like weekly. I see Steam updates for it weekly, so I assume it still has a pretty reasonable player base. I think it's by Jason Rower is his name. Yeah, it, no, it's a fanta- it's a super fascinating take on. I mean, it's so true. I mean, nobody asks you when you're born what family you're going to get born into, what era in time you're going to be born into. It's like. <laughs> There's absolutely no reason I couldn't have gotten bored into fucking, like, medieval ages. Right. Uh, if, for or even fucking... just, like, a different part of the world where things are yeah. very different, right? Yeah, yeah. I always think about that. Like, if I would have gotten born, like, before the recent... And that the recent, I mean, I guess historically it's recent advent of like modern medicine. Totally. I'd be like so fucked with all my back problems and shit. Right. Right. So. Or like, yeah, or if I was born before there were like glasses. Yeah. Like what oh, the, yeah, what the I don't fuck know, do people I, do at bad vision before there were glasses? They so, were just screwed. You'd just be like those people in the movies who they're just like, yeah, he's... He he's not special, you know. Like yeah. he's just gonna have to make the food. It's twenty bucks on Steam, me. just for the record. Someone in chat asked how much it is. So, anyway, uh, very good. You can find yeah. us. I think where without, where can you find us? We, yeah. <laughs> we, you can find us. The easiest way is to do go koalaentertainment dot com. If you're not already following us, if you don't follow us on any social media or anything already, easiest way to follow us is to go to koalaentertainment dot com because there you have links to all our social media accounts: Instagram, Twitter. If you're looking for us on there, it's at koala, all one word, underscore ent for entertainment. Koala underscore ent. That's for Twitter. That's for Instagram. That's for Twitch. That's for TikTok. All the good shit. But like I said, KOKOALA Entertainment.com has links to everything. 
in any social media you follow us in, you can go to our bio there. You have a link tree that gives you links everywhere, including, most importantly, as we said before, our Discord. Discord. Our Discord get is the there. home of our development efforts. It's uh, it's technically the first place you can start to get glimpses of the lore for our upcoming game. Yeah. Uh, as we've mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, when we start talking like early game tests, if we, if, if we go down that path with the community... That's where you're going to hear That's about That's absolutely it. where you're going to... Yeah. It, like, we're not going to go to Instagram to find beta testers. We're going to go yeah. to Discord. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Uh, and, holy shit, we do giveaways on there every three weeks. Yep. We do giveaways there every three weeks. You need to become a level six researcher, which plays yep. into, again, the the, the idea universe, the lore of our, the, the universe of our game. And uh, uh, special... Special treat for people in Discord. What the reason we're in person today is to attempt to compose music for our game. Ooh! So spoilers, and you may have an opportunity to hear that sometime in the relatively near future. Yeah, the things we're working on right now. You, let's just say, there may be reasons that you hear it soonish. Yeah. So soonish. Uh, yes. And some stickers. I like. I want a bunch of stuff. They've shipped two things out to me. As, so we're in chat. We are, there are literally winners of our giveaways. If you're listening to us, we are. We have always bare minimum two giveaways going on. One on Instagram, one on Discord, yep. and every now and then, like today, we throw in some extra ones. We're yep. gonna do a giveaway here at the end of this podcast. So. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks oh, for being also, here. Also, please consider oh. supporting our oh, Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we launched our Patreon recently, and you get a shit ton of stuff. When you join, it's you basically pay, buying our merch on a payment plan. Yeah, you literally like make all. If you're a United States fan, you make almost all of your money back with the merch and stickers you get from it. If you are an international fan, like Sansquid in chat right now is from Canada. He's technically making money from the amount of value right. he's he's and making. And that's right? not even that's not even talking about all the other other benefits you get besides merch. Behind you get, the like, scenes content. Yep, chat with us, like a personal Discord channel with us where you can just like ask us stuff and we'll talk to you there. Oh, and actually, I am so sorry on oh, that yes. very last note. We will finish with our patron question of the week, which yes. is coming again from the madman himself, Sansquid, who's in the chat right now. I'm pulling it up. We answered one of his questions so, last time. Yeah, the question is that... Uh, he wants to know, Microsoft is going with the approach of not saying how many consoles are sold. Um, they sometimes talk about their active users and how much they earn off Game Pass. Like, what is our thoughts around their decisions to reveal certain information, hide other business information, and, like, what what is that strategy? Because, honestly, I've wanted to know this, too, because Anthony and I talk all the time about Game Pass, and I'm like, how the fuck does that work? Like, who's making money there? Where's that money going? And there's very little information to actually know what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, from the reporting aspect, uh, Sansquid, that you're talking about here, uh, I think the way that you... The, when the time that you saw that go away was during this uh, for Microsoft weak console generation right Microsoft got outsold maybe even more than two to one by Sony and you have to think the reality for Microsoft is they're a publicly traded company that have quarterly releases to their shareholders on status of things and blah 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 so they want to make that they want that to be an accurate um, portrayal of the business and quite frankly 
for Microsoft, the Xbox One generation was actually very successful compared to the previous one, 360. Right. So it did have growth. It had good growth and everything. PlayStation did phenomenal, but like <laughs> Xbox did good too for themselves, right? So they, I think what the, what you're seeing generally in their strategy, right? All of the Xbox first-party games are now available day and date, not only on Game Pass, which is fucking mind-blowing, right? right? But on PC. On PC. Yep. So what Microsoft's strategy seems to be are is that the consoles, right? The Series S that we actually just shipped out today. Woo! Giveaway winner, Sam. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, the Series X are really just like hardware options, for people who like don't want to go and invest heavily into a PC setup, right? Yeah. It, they're just they're basically just like mini gaming PCs. Just like, honestly, yeah. they're they're even from an operating system standpoint and like the development tools you use to target an Xbox, it's equivalent uh, to making a game on PC. That's why we've so far we've talked about like that's right now we are targeting Xbox and PC because. The development tools are consolidated for us. There's less technical work we need to do in porting it to the other consoles. Yeah. By the way, not that we wouldn't want to consider doing that in the future. We absolutely would. We're just trying to limit the scope of our work. So, right. um, yeah, that's it's really it, that's really interesting. That I mean, it makes sense, right? If they're if they're doing shitty, they don't really want to say how shitty they're doing. But it also may just be like like you were saying, maybe they don't care, right? Maybe that's not their business strategy anymore is moving consoles. And it really Correct. doesn't seem like it is. So Squid, that's why I was going to, the last thing I was going to say on that note, the, the Microsoft's business strategy has um, shifted. So it's, it's no longer about moving consoles, so, which quite frankly, we've talked about previously in other podcasts. If you find this interesting, you should check them out about, uh, consoles actually at the beginning of the generation, for example, Sony, I think they came last last generation. The PS4 was sold at $400 and they were losing $60 a console at the beginning of the generation. Right. The, the, the thing that changes is as the generation goes, the hardware prices, the price for that hardware comes down. And by the end of the generation, you're making money on the console, but you're losing it at the beginning. You make up for it with the games and services that you buy on afterwards. So quite frankly, quite frankly, Microsoft probably loves you as a customer more, especially right now at the beginning of the console generation, if you just subscribe to po to Game Pass, <laughs> right. right? Then if you buy the console, yeah. And Game Pass, dude, it's fucking crazy. Think about this, Squid. Uh, going into, I think it was in September, they announced they had 15 million Game Pass subscribers. 15 million people a month paying, uh, let's say on average it's $10, $150 million a month. Did I do that right? Say it again. Uh, what did I say? They they were 15 million people for ten dollars. Yeah, 150 uh, yep, million dollars right. a month just out of Game Pass. Crazy. That's that's uh, that's they, making they some bank. I afford to pay developers to be on there then if that's happening. Yeah. No wonder they're buying everybody in there. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. We'll continue to talk to chat after this. We're going to do a giveaway, but thanks for listening to the podcast. Yep. Come and find us. Come talk to us in Discord and tell us what else you want us to talk about. Yep. Got any other cool, crazy game ideas involving blockchains and disappearing? <laughs> yeah, let us know. All right. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.